Most human beings are afraid of the darkness when really we must befriend the dark. Join me and my dear sister, Chloe Elgar, for a conversation that will take you on a journey beyond the light and into the darkness. In this episode, you'll learn the many reasons why we as humanity have demonized the dark, how to identify and shift your relationship with darkness, why shadow work is a product of light and not dark, and how the imbalance that we're currently experiencing in our world is really just a result of our fear-based relationship to the dark. Chloe Elgar is a truth teller and a seer. She is the one who sees with her eyes closed. She is the one who sees in the dark. What you see is not what you get. Beyond her big eyes, welcoming smile and open heart lives unmistakable wisdom, cutthroat truth, and raw intensity. She will not just tell you what you want to hear. Chloe's work is rooted in cultivating a different relationship with darkness and intuition. The tapestry of her life weaves in different spiritual aspects of the East and the West, thanks to a unique childhood growing up in Malaysia. A fierce believer in magic and ally to Mother Earth, Chloe surrounds herself with the wisdom and teachings of nature and the ancestors. Working with Chloe invites you to walk in the dark and to stop hiding from life. She works with people on claiming and developing their intuitive skills and strengthening their voice and expressions. Chloe works closely with the runes, ancestors, magic, animals, and Nordic wisdom. Now, if you dig this podcast episode, please be sure to drop a rating and review on iTunes. And while you're there, download a few episodes, all the downloads, ratings, and reviews help get this podcast out to more, to more leaders around the world. And if you want to connect outside of the podcast, feel free to find me online at I am Ruby, and you can find Chloe online at channeled by Chloe. You can also join my Telegram group, rubyframon.com forward slash Telegram. And if you love text messages, if you really want to get some potent truth delivered right into your phone, just text hashtag potent truth to 1781-336-0160 to start receiving weekly potent truths. And finally, be sure to grab a copy of my book, Potent Leadership. Just head to potentleadership.com. Now it is time to learn how to befriend the dark with Chloe Elgar. Beyond the narrative, underneath the veil of illusion and deep within your center, therein lies potent truth. Welcome to Potent Truth, where today's leaders, change makers, and light carriers come together to question the narrative arrive at potent truth and lead with sovereignty. What is potency? It's who you are beneath the masks, facades, and protective gear. It's the medicine humanity yearns for, cries out for, prays for, and needs. Your potency is what sets you apart, magnetizes your following, and creates movements. Join me, Ruby Fremon, for weekly guidance channeled messages and potent conversations that will take you on a journey of self-discovery 
I am here to guide you to a place of unraveling the programming that's been keeping us stuck for generations, unlocking potent truth and expressing it through sovereign leadership. It's time for change. It's time for potent truth. Hey, truth seekers, welcome back to another episode of Potent Truth. And in today's episode, I'm joined by a dear sister of mine. Um, Before I introduce her, let me just tell you a quick backstory on how we met. So we actually both were living in Vancouver, probably at the same time, but we had never met in Vancouver. And we both like the same shit, witchy shit, shadow shit, dark shit, all that shit. (laughs) And we'd had, we had a lot of reasons to connect, but we didn't in Vancouver. And we ended up connecting in the online space, which is always um, such a surprise to me, the people that you get to connect with. And I had her Wait, what happened next? Let me just introduce her. Chloe Elgar, welcome to the podcast. Tell me the story because I feel like I'm missing something. We met online and then- So I feel like we got connected through, I'm not sure if she's your cousin, Lotus Destiny. Oh yes, my cousin Belgie, yeah. Yeah, so we got connected through her because I was friends with her. I was not like super close, but friends with her and Nat Miles. Right. And so I think that's how we got connected And then, um, yeah, I think we just started chatting like as you do over Instagram and it was like, Oh, she's cool. Yeah. Yeah. She's cool. And, um, yeah, I don't really know how we, how it happened where we decided to do a podcast together, but, um, I think that was when we, that was when we first chatted. Yeah. That was when we first really connected was on the podcast. And then, we finally first met in person now that we're both in Austin, Texas. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, I'm always so blown away when I'm able to connect so deeply with someone that I just met online. Um, and I think that, uh, one of the things that I really, really honor and respect about you and the way that you show up is while one, you are a psychic medium and two, you're also very witchy and three, you're not afraid of talking about the shadows and the dark things that most people kind of avoid, especially in the space that we're in, um, in the space of spiritual development, in the space of personal development, it seems like everyone is in such a rush Mm -hmm. to bypass the shadows and bypass the darkness, almost, um, demonizing all of it when, really this is a part of the duality of the life the life that we live and also the duality in us and that's one of the things that i i just love about you because you speak about that and it's also something that i vibe with you on because i Mm. believe that wholeheartedly i don't think that we can have light without dark and vice versa um so i'd love for you to first um just share like a snapshot of your story, like what really got you to do the work that you do? Because I think it's really interesting and it'll have, it'll provide some context for our listeners. Awesome. Yeah. Snapshot's always really funny. Cause it's like, I'm so used with my writing. Like I write, I speak a lot. So when someone says snapshot, I'm like, Hey, Chloe, 
you can do this, do a snapshot. <laughs> I mean, if it's, I mean a, if it's an extended snapshot, okay, we can do that. But if you, for our listeners, if you want the full story, you're going you to read get our book. book. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But That's so, why I've written the book really. Right. I'm like, my God, I have so many things to say. Um, so an extended yeah. snapshot. Yeah, I love it. Well, and you know, it's, I was just thinking about, I think when we, the, when we first, the first podcast we did together, um, I remember feeling like Ruby's definitely very psychic and like, this is part of you. And so, you know how, when you, when you're out and just being who you are Mm -hmm. and you see it in others and it seems so obvious, but they aren't, they haven't fully acknowledged it or spoken about it yet. And then when they mention that later, you're like, Oh, I thought that it was like out. I thought that everyone knew about it. So it was funny when we met a couple of weeks ago and you were saying that, cause I was like, oh yeah, of course. Like, yeah, of course that's who you are. Um, and, and I guess this is my coming out party cause I haven't really announced it anywhere. So, Hey guys, oh, shit, everyone sorry. listening, I'm psychic. No. <laughs> I'm, it's, it, it, but yeah, it's like the it's, second we met, I was like, oh yeah. And I remember that one of the things that I really connected with you on was when you wrote about when you're, I think it was your French bulldog. Mm. died the one that you had since college and that was very like the story was so similar Ollie hadn't died at that point but my dog Ollie that I also had and just like what I remember one post that you had written see I told you I can't do snapshots I'm like sidebarring like crazy it was I remember Athena it was my little chinoodle because we had a chinoodle and we had a a, a Frenchie and they both passed away but the chinoodle was mine um, yeah she was your girl she was my main main babe. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember a post you had written after, I think it may have, it might've been before or right after where you talked about how the nights that she would be alone. Cause you were out partying mm-hmm. and like, you know, drinking and what, what have you. And the fact that no matter how you treated her, you know, in those times, because you weren't always present with her, like she just unconditionally loved you. Mm-hmm. And I love that because that, you know, for me was very, true with Ollie as well. And immediately I just felt that like connection because we have to go through those experiences. You know, it's like, that is really the essence of my book is we have to really, you know, go into the depths of these places that are super uncomfortable that tempt us, lure lure us into not loving ourselves and Mm -hmm. taking like excuses of why we wouldn't be good people or lovable and realize like, that's just not true. Yeah. So I always loved when you wrote that and that mm-hmm. connection to death, right? And the gift of death. Yeah. Um, thank you. Anyways, so uh, yeah. So I was I grew up really sensitive. Like as a little girl, I was always very in tune with life and the spirit world. Um, but grew up in a very sort of chaotic environment. So I was born in Canada. We moved to Malaysia when I was four years old. Um, my parents were always in conflict and chaos. My dad was very sort of shut down and a little bit uh, toxic, like a lot of mm-hmm. toxic behaviors. And my mom was really um, insecure and, you know, fish out of water. She's from England, moved with two little babies to Canada, to Calgary for like Alberta first in the winter. So like figuring that culture shock out and then moving again to Malaysia, which is an even bigger culture shock with two little babies, a husband never present. So just a lot of chaos. And I was immediately like aware of everything that was happening emotionally in my home. Um, But also at the same time, I was really present to the spiritual activity in the house and around us. 
Um, but I always felt like I couldn't share it with anyone. Like it, it was so intense. And I, I knew that if I shared this with my mom or my dad or my brother, like it would break them because mm -hmm. I was already seeing them like broken. So I just really kind of kept it to myself, struggled, suffered, didn't sleep um, and hid it all. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of unravel or raveled itself into my own sort of chaotic relationship with myself where um, in my teen years, I um, became, had eating disorders, I had bulimia and anorexia. I had a lot of self-harm behaviors like mm -hmm. cutting and um, drinking a lot, um, partying, un imbalanced relationships with men, like just really kind of running away from myself and feeling so overwhelmed with everything and mm -hmm. not knowing what the hell to do with any of it. Um, and that, that was, that was kind of like the theme of my life for at least 10 years. Uh, and, you know, I guess towards my mid twenties, it slowly started to shift because I right. moved to university, um, and, you know, started to become surrounded with people that I guess, um, confronted some of those uh, unhealthy behaviors like friends or, or partners. Um, so that was when I start. I like my intuition was starting to get louder and I was becoming mm -hmm. more aware of like what was going on underneath the surface. Uh, another theme that was always present was that my mom was always really spiritual. Like she had gurus and you know, would travel to India mm -hmm. and Australia and Thailand and all this stuff all the time. So that was always a, a thread in the household. And so I would sometimes go with her to like satsangs or go to different meetings and I would hear them talking about all sorts of things. And so I would have these little like bits and pieces slowly being filtered into my experience and my reality. But um, so I had these moments of intuition and connection, but really like the primary experience was pushing it away, rebelling against everything mm -hmm. and doing everything in my power to not feel the everything that I was feeling. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, so it was, it was a really destructive, chaotic time mm -hmm. until I started to really um, work with people that could like basically hold their ground with me because I was a very, you know, I'm very fiery, all of everything, like all of my charts and like astrology and everything is just like fire, fire, fire. Mm -hmm. So when I would have someone, uh, come at me or confront me, I would, my, my experience would be, I could just knock them down. Like they mm -hmm. had no, they had no, um, they had no ability to hold their ground with me. And I would use my intuition and my ability to kind of know what's going on with them to manipulate them or basically hurt them so that they couldn't, yeah you know, hold that. So it took some pretty intense, what I call in the book, like elders mm -hmm. who showed up and didn't like either didn't threaten me or just embodied love, like unconditional love where I was like, Oh, I can't do this here. Like this isn't this, this method isn't going to work here. Um, and so that was when things started to change because it was like, I had these people that I actually respected um, who knew what they were talking about. They saw me, they understood what was going on and they helped me to see like beneath the surface of what actually was 
what, what I was running from, what I was mm-hmm. scared, what I was afraid of. So, and what were you afraid of? I was afraid of myself. I was afraid of being loved. I was afraid of um, the dark. I was afraid of the power in the darkness. You know, um, I, 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 I say with my book that the main character is darkness because kind of throughout my life, darkness has always been there. It's been mm-hmm. like walking alongside me. Um, and so I had, and, and as a kid, I was terrified of the dark. Like whenever it was nighttime, I would just get so freaked out. Um, it would always be a really scary, uncomfortable experience every night when it became bedtime. I, cause I was very much alone, didn't share anything with anyone, didn't feel supported, didn't have the understanding of what came with darkness. And at that time, were you sensing spirits? Yeah. So, yeah. So I saw, I mean, I, I was pretty much like at nighttime, especially I would see things. It was just like, my room was full. There were, um, you know, silhouettes, there were beings without heads. There were little Mm -hmm. girls, there were like monster looking things. There Mm -hmm. were like entities. It was all, it was like a whole, you know, party of Mm -hmm. beings. And I, you know, in hindsight, I can see that you know, um, the relate, the energy in my home was so toxic and mm-hmm. so, um, chaotic that that was what was in the house. Right. right. So, um, and, and I was, I was able to see it all and sense it all. So it all ended up always being in my room. And that was an interesting thing. Like even, um, my book starts at our family ranch in Alberta mm-hmm. and my room is in the basement. And that is the room that to this day is like very spiritually active. People will not sleep in there. Mm. Like friends are like, I'm not sleeping. I in just got room. chills. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's been, you know, since I was little, I, I, and especially when I was little, I had no boundaries. I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know anything. I didn't know right. what to do with it. Um, what not to do with it, to engage, to not engage. So I would just be scared and I would be quiet and I would like put the blanket over my head and just wait and pray that it would leave Mm -hmm. um, and wait for daytime. So, um, and sometimes I would try to go to my mom's room and I would like slowly over like three hours, I would slowly make my way to my mom's bedroom door because I didn't want any of the beings to follow me or see that. So I was like really trying to be like inconspicuous and like would stand at her door and just be like, mm-hmm. and of course she wouldn't wake up. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'd like go to her, the front of her face and literally just be like, mom, she'd wake up. And I'm like mm-hmm. right in front of her. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot. It was a yeah. lot. And then when did you start to really understand or even hone in on your gifts? So I, so I, I met this woman, um, her name is Dr. Divi, and she's a medical intuitive. I had been connected to her because I was experiencing really painful menstrual cramps. I've actually and heard of her. She's in Vancouver. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, she's a dear friend. I, I love Divi. She's been, she's so, um, she's just such a beautiful teacher. Mm-hmm. And um, so at the time she was actually starting to, step away. She's a medical doctor. So she was starting to step away from that and do more intuitive work. So I kind of caught her right in the mid when she was in transition, but I went to see her for cramps. And I remember just immediately being like, you know, my experience with everyone else, I always felt like 
they were um, antagonizing me or they would focus on what was wrong with me. And immediately I would be like, I'm not safe. I don't trust Mm -hmm. you. Fuck you. Mm -hmm. But with her, it was not like that. The energy was very safe. There was no bias. And in fact, she was like, listen, there's a couple options. Like you can do the traditional method. You know, you could do a more alternative method. You could do more like an Eastern um, East, Eastern, uh, alternative therapy methods. So she immediately presented this energy and I was like, this is really interesting. Um, and so I ended up going back to her a couple months later and that was when she had stepped into the medical intuitive stuff and she was in a different office. And that was the first session we did where she was, her eyes were closed pretty much the whole time. And she was purely speaking to my guides Mm -hmm. and I didn't even question it. It was like, this is right. I didn't even wonder what was happening. Like Mm -hmm. it was just, I walked through the portal. We had this hour together. Mm -hmm. And then that was when things really started to change for me. And so I started working with her um, pretty regularly for a couple years and then more intensely. And then I ended up doing a um, weekend workshop with her and her teacher, Lynette Brown, who's now a really dear friend of mine who also lives in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Lynette and Divi both were like the people that really saw me and, mm-hmm. were, and were the ones that kind of like passed the torch over and were like, this is who you are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's time. It's time to yeah. step forward. Yeah. So. And it's interesting. Cause when we have these, um, gifts, it's almost like, because it's not so it's not the social norm, you know, it's mm-hmm. not, uh, I mean, it's, I think nowadays it's more acceptable than it was when we were growing up. Yeah. Um, but when we were growing up, it's not, it wasn't really acceptable. And no. so to have people who can actually recognize that in you and not only that, but tell you it's okay. And this is who you are and you get to be this, I think is really, really important. And, um, even now there's so many people who feel the, the presence of their gifts, Mm -hmm. but are afraid to act on them. Um, because it's not socially acceptable because there is like also this weird stigma around psychics now because it seems like everyone and their mom is a psychic right (laughs) in the online space yeah and there's a lot of um psychics who aren't really psychics there's a lot of intuitives who aren't really intuitive it just seems like it's another title that people get to claim nowadays um and so there's just like a lot of interesting um i don't want to call it baggage but almost like baggage that comes along with that title to claim it um but i love how you've claimed it and how you're doing that work and how you are really focusing your work on supporting people and embracing the darkness because you believe that it's the dark and the light that creates all of what we are. And, um, I'd love for you to speak a bit about the darkness and the relationship that you see people having with the darkness I'm prior to working with someone like you. Right. The, so the topic of darkness is just so massive. Mm -hmm. Like, even though I have had hundreds of hours of conversations about it with myself and others, Mm -hmm. every time I know that I'm going to talk about it, there's this like sense of curiosity and wonder because it's just, it's, it's, um, it's immense, you know, it's like, because it's something that is so, um, 
it's untouched. Mm -hmm. We really haven't gone there. We really haven't um, explored the darkness. We've just kind of tacked a label onto it and assumed that we know everything about it. And a lot of what we've put on it is negative. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it's this, it's this like, it's this massive gift. Um, and for me, I've just, when I started to look at my relationship with the darkness, which started really in the beginning of my book, when I went to our family ranch for two weeks in the middle of winter, basically just like locked myself away in a, in a house in the middle of nowhere in the dark that, um, I had to go through this, um, self chosen <laughs> initiation with darkness and, and everything that that embodied for me. Um, and what I, what I realized was that, that my whole life, I had been scared of this unknowingly and running away from it in different ways, but really like that was at the center. So for me, darkness, I see darkness. Um, and I've been, I've been, um, invited to see darkness more as a being, mm -hmm. just like how we see light as a being to also see the dark as a being. And so, you know, it's like to like to talk about darkness it would be like for me to, to talk about myself and be able mm -hmm. to sum myself up in a couple minutes. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. But what I would say about darkness is like, we need to, we really need to start asking ourselves questions about what it is that we've put on darkness because we have, we've decided, we've, we've given it its meaning, mm -hmm. right? And by doing that, we've actually completely missed the true meaning of what darkness is. Mm -hmm. So um, when, when I think about darkness, for me, I, always, I mean, the first thing I always think about is just nighttime, mm -hmm. right? Like we get, we get this beautiful experience every 12 hours to engage and interact with darkness. Mm -hmm. And we are all so like, just generally speaking, and of course, you know, not everyone, everyone's got their own uniqueness, but like across the board, we, as humans, we're scared of the dark. Mm -hmm. We're scared of nighttime. We're scared of what comes at nighttime. We have so many issues with night. We've got, you know, sleep disorders. Like we were, we keep lights on. Um, we're, we just, we, we don't allow ourselves to sit mm -hmm. in darkness, right? Even if it's, if it is dark, we put a, we light a candle or, you know, we put a nightlight on. So for me, darkness is really this being that embodies us and what's mm -hmm. inside of us. And so when we can't sit in the dark, then it's really that reflection of the fact that we can't sit with ourselves. Um, and we, we really, uh, love to be in this relationship with the light and bring, even bringing light into dark. Mm -hmm. But what happens when we go through an experience that is connected to the being of darkness is that we lose ourselves mm -hmm. because we have no, we don't know what it, what we don't know how to be in the dark. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? We lose, yeah. we lose our grounding. So mm -hmm. um, it, the way that I started to like understand darkness as a being is I really connected to um, my ancestors and the Nordic traditions, because in Northern Europe, they do have a more intimate relationship with darkness because, um, because actually geographically, they spend so much time in the dark, mm -hmm. right? During the winter season, yeah. it's like they don't get the sunlight for months. Um, and so they, you know, they've learned, and also through their own lore and their own ancestral traditions, 
how to be in extended times of darkness without basically going crazy or feeling like your survival is being threatened. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that I, I always, I also feel like darkness really is, um, has a relationship with grief and death. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we can look at the, how we really focus on life and how we really, um, value life and, and, celebrate life but when we experience death of any kind it's oftentimes put as less than or even denied or hidden or mm -hmm. you know it's like um, the same sort of thing like how we put light over dark mm -hmm. and when we talk about darkness we always put it in reference to light so mm -hmm. people will, will often say like yeah I totally appreciate darkness because without darkness we don't have light right Right. And so already you're, you're disregarding darkness as its own being, cause you're putting it beside light, mm -hmm. you know? So, and, and, um, so it's like you, the thing with darkness is it asks you to spend time with questions and to always just continue going deeper. And we ha we don't like that because mm -hmm. the darkness is also the unknown. It's a mystery yeah. place. Like when it's dark, we can't see as well as we can in the light. So all of a sudden our sense of control is gone. Um, my experience is that that is actually the place that we need to go because that's where a lot of what we are missing lives, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of our own, our own, our, our own relationship with ourselves, our relationship with each other. Um, yeah. So as you can tell, it's like, it's, you can go so many different ways um, but I, I always encourage people to just start to look at your, how you engage with darkness on a daily experience in your mm -hmm. language and your behaviors and your practices in your um, rituals even, and just look at whether or not you subconsciously or unconsciously um, put darkness as, as a, as something that is less than or below light. Mm -hmm. Or if you, whenever you talk about darkness, you're putting it beside light rather than letting darkness actually just be its own mm -hmm. essence. Yeah, that's so, uh, there's so much of that that I relate to. I mean, it's, it's really interesting how human beings are scared of the dark. And it always, I always wonder if that was something that, because the womb is dark, yeah. you know, the womb is dark. So we're actually, um, we come, know, from darkness. come from darkness. Mm -hmm. And so when does that fear of darkness actually begin in our yeah. lifeline? And so much of uh, what is built into our society um, targets like dark darkness um, as like the negative and mm -hmm. light as the positive. And, yeah. and we see this in so many different ways. Um, especially in uh, spirituality and the spiritual community. And for me, it was, um, what was interesting is when I started sitting uh, with plant medicine, um, I sat in, in a few ceremonies here and there. And then I finally ended up going to Peru and I went into the Amazon jungle and sat with the Shipibo people, the Shipibo right. tribe and the Shipibo tradition. And their tradition is you sit in the darkness um, there's nothing, there's no candles. There's nothing. It's just pitch black. And yeah. when you're in the middle of an Amazon jungle, yeah. let me tell you, it is pitch black. Like it's like the darkest night 
that you'll ever encounter almost like black velvet like you right. can't see in front of you like you can't you'd be like this and like yeah can't you can't see, see yeah. anything I yeah. couldn't even you can't even see your bucket in front of you to purge you just right. have to kind of feel around um trust. yeah and trust and like if you have to go to the bathroom you just have to feel around and find your way right uh and it was really scary for me I remember the the fear I'd already sat with ayahuasca before but here I am in the middle of the jungle. So that that's also scary. There's a lot mm-hmm. of weird sounds. That's also scary. It, the medicine is a little different. That's scary. And it's pitch black. And that scared me the most. Um, and through sitting, so now I only sit in Shipibo style and I've sat in over 20 ceremonies and I love it. It's like where I do my deepest work. Yeah. Um, it's where... I feel I can connect to myself on the deepest levels. It's where I, uh, there's so much, like you said, ask questions. There's so much to be curious about because in the light, everything is illuminated. What's not, there's nothing illuminated in the darkness. It's almost like you have to uncover it. And that's what really taught me to not fear the dark. I actually find, I remember coming back from Peru and the lights in our home were too much. Like everything felt like too much. And I remember like in Peru, when you take a shower at night, like it's just pitch black. Mm-hmm. Um, you have like a little headlamp that you can use just to get there, but it's, it's pitch black. And so when I got home, I was like, oh, like, I don't, I didn't like the bathroom lights. And so I would light candles, but put the candle on the other side of the room, just so I could see what I was doing. And yeah. um, I really learned to navigate in the dark as well. Right. And I also discovered through sitting in this way, um, just how my third eye really opens in the dark and I'm able to see as if the dark is actually illuminated. And so for me, that's just my personal story of how I befriended the darkness, but I agree with what you say. Like there's so much that we haven't discovered. There's so much that we haven't uncovered and yet we're still being, told this old story of the darkness. And even now in the personal development space, we're starting to see more people, um, doing, you know, quote unquote shadow work and shadow workers and Mm -hmm. teaching you how to be with your shadows. But I, I don't know if you're finding this and this might be a rant now, but I'm (laughs) like, I still, I feel like the, a lot of the shadow workers are helping people face their shadows so that you can put them to rest. And I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. Like if, if, if the, I always have this visual, like if the sun is shining on you, there's mm-hmm. a shadow, like yeah. th- this is the, the image, like it's all yes. one. We yeah. need all of it. Yeah. And, and I share that because I want everyone to know, like, it's so important that you understand we're not trying to get rid of your shadows. And I would love to hear your take on this. Look at you. You're like ready, you're like ready to pounce on this. I know. Cause I'm like, <laughs> she gets it. <laughs> I'm such a like nerd about this. Cause it really is. It's like in my blood, you know? Yeah. So yeah, because shadow, like what I always say is like shadows are created when a light projects onto something. Mm. So by, by virtue of that Mm -hmm. shadow shadows is not darkness, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Like when, when we're in the dark, there are no shadows. No, there's none. There's no shadows. You cannot like in Peru, you're like, Oh, look, there's a shadow. There's there's absolutely nothing. (laughs) Right. So shadow and shadow energy 
is a product of, of the light, mm. not the dark, right? But when we talk about darkness, as, well, especially in the spiritual world, it's always, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, shadow work, totally. Yeah, I love, you know, done shadow work. I'm like, cool, that's not darkness, yeah. <laughs> you know? So like, that's not what you're doing. So, and yeah, the thing about shadow work is, is a, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful. It's, it's a level, it's a layer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, shadow like what I talk about in my book, the dark night of the soul was introduced by, you know, someone who, and I totally don't remember his name right now, but it's in my book. Um, <laughs> don't worry guys, it's in my book. And, but he, he was religious, right? Mm-hmm. So, cause a lot of the time, a lot of these concepts have come from a religious background. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a lot of times like Catholic, where when you when you bring the conversation of light of light and dark into that space, my gosh, then dark is all evil, bad, negative, you know, it's the worst thing on the planet. But that religion is a is human created. So we've created that. We've put that on darkness, right? So what happened before humans were here and religion was created Mm -hmm. what was darkness it wasn't evil right we've created that so if we're gonna call something that is not actually us evil it we're evil that's Mm -hmm. us that are being evil do you know what i mean so Mm -hmm. because i think that a lot of time when people talk about things like darkness those are the topics that come up shadow work evil you know all these Mm -hmm. things entities entities attachments and it's like that's all our creation that's all our meaning Mm -hmm. and it's fine but we're missing the point we're and we're staying on the surface we're not actually going into the amazon forest and sitting in the dark right and and the thing is that you know there's it's it's it is a journey it's hot and i'm and i don't i'm not pretending like it's easy because it isn't like Mm when I was at the ranch for those two weeks, my God, like every, every day I was like, I have to leave. Like I can't Mm -hmm. stay here. I was confronted with all of these parts of me that I had been running from since I was a little girl. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I've, what I feel that darkness brings for us is it allow it, it invites, it, it forces us to confront our fears. And what happens when we do that is we learn to stand in our center and Mm -hmm. then we are able to have a position of neutrality where we can observe what is occurring in duality Mm -hmm. and we don't get pulled. We don't lose ourselves. We don't go get pulled from one side to the other. We start to see, you know, a lot of people are talking about like unity consciousness, Mm -hmm. right? You can't exist in unity consciousness if you're still skewing to one side. Right. Right. Um, so, so shadow work is, is, um, helpful and powerful, but it's, don't stop there because mm-hmm. if you stay in shadow work, then yeah, you, you're, you're staying in the belief system that it's hard and that these are all parts of you that you have to learn to love. And then once you've done that, they go and then you're, and then you can stay in the light. Mm-hmm. And that's not the point. The point is that you can stand with all of these parts of you and recognize that they're all just expressions of, of who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that there, and that none of it is unlovable. And I, and that's like a really big piece of the darkness. I'm, I'm seeing this more and more. And I talk about this a lot in my book, the, the feminine, like the dark side of the feminine that Mm -hmm. has been so pushed down and repressed for so long and how it's starting to emerge Mm -hmm. more and more. 
And I always look at mother nature. It's like, man, mother nature is the ultimate embodiment of the feminine. Mm -hmm. And she's not fucking nice. Like, no, you know what I mean? She's she's not. She's like the most unpredictable, um, the strongest force that we could ever, ever witness. Right. And she'll kill, Mm -hmm. she'll birth, she'll create, she'll destroy, Mm -hmm. she'll love, she'll hate. Like, it's just, that's, that's that energy. And I think that when, especially for women, that's a really big part of the darkness is like really starting to go into that dark space. Like, you know, when you're talking about being in Peru and you, you know, you have to like find the bathroom and you're puking in a, in a bucket that you can't find you're not, it's not pretty. You're not look like, you're not looking like stunning and beautiful in in sort of a controlled, perfect, perfect way. That's like, you're messy. You're, you're going into like your kind of, um, raw, raw form as a being. I mean, the way that I look at it, and this might just be because I associate it with, um, the plant medicine ceremonies, but it's like the dissolution of the ego, right. Of the self of just letting yourself just, just be without yeah. trying to be anything right. and being in that experience of just being, I, I know that sounds really weird, but it's like to be in the experience of being is so potent. Like it's, there's so much power that comes from that. And that's the other thing that we're so scared of is we're scared mm. of just being, we're scared of stillness. We're scared of slowing down. We're scared of, you know, doing quote unquote, nothing. Right. But in reality, we're never doing nothing. No, no. And so much of that comes out in you if you just let yourself be in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and the, and the darkness demands it. That's the other thing yeah. about the darkness is like an elder. Once, if you're really in the dark, like once you're, once you're in Peru, you can't be like, oh, can I turn a light on? Right. right. There's no electricity. And the, and that's the thing that, um, I love about the dark because just like for myself with people that came before those elders and tried to help me, but projected their own belief systems and talking about eating disorders, like it's something that needs to be fixed or what Mm, have you. When I had this person that just was like, oh, you're intuitive. Like, you know, Mm. they could penetrate through the layers of illusion and get to the truth. That's what darkness does. Mm -hmm. It's no bullshit. It's just like, you're here. Um, and we all have the ability to be there. Mm-hmm. We've just taught ourselves that we don't. And right. so that's what we need to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we need to nurture because mm-hmm. that's a really big part of the imbalance in our world is we all believe that we can't handle it. Right. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the imbalance in our world, because I know y- you and I feel it. And I know a lot of our listeners are feeling the imbalance happening right now. And if anything, it's like, I mean, I was just writing in my journal about this today. It just feels like the imbalance is becoming even more imbalanced with each Mm -hmm. and every single day. Like I'm just seeing um, the polarization of everything. And with that, just the imbalance of the energies and where people are choosing to focus their energies. So I'd love for you to talk about that. Well, I, the, the way that I see it is that we're going through a very important state of destruction. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like everything. Um, and the, from when I was writing my book, I had this sense that the book would end 
not, the, the book wouldn't end with like a happily ever after. Mm-hmm. I, I could sense that like something was going to end. And I wasn't a hundred percent sure of what it was at the time I had a, um, slight, uh, thought that maybe it would be my marriage because Mm -hmm. at the time we were going through some, you know, I was being faced with my shit. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I never thought that the book would end with my two dogs dying, spoiler Mm -hmm. alert. Mm -hmm. Right. Because that's like, to me, that's like the end of my world. Mm-hmm. I'm like, my dogs are, we already talked about this. They're, they're yeah. like my everything. So, and not only that, but I actually had to kill them. Mm-hmm. Right. And when I say that, I say it with compassion, but also like not being afraid to tell the truth right? because, you know, and the thing is, so one of my dogs, our dogs blue, he was 17 months and we had to euthanize him for extreme aggression. Mm-hmm. And so that was the hardest thing I, I've ever had to do because I had to confront every single good girl part of me and every single like attachment and belief and story that told me that first of all, I would never do something like that. Mm -hmm. And, and second of all, if I did that, that made me a bad mom, a bad dog, mom, a failure, you know, fear of judgment, all of that. So that happened. And then a couple, two months later, our other dog, Ollie got cancer. And so we also, again, I had to make the choice to kill him before, you know, it got worse. Mm -hmm. So that to me is really like what's happening Mm -hmm. in our world. I also just want to like side note here, notice how she says, kill them versus put them down. And that's another example of how we, um, dismiss or try and make the, yeah. And and it's like lighter something. Yeah. Let's make this feel lighter. Yeah. (laughs) Because we're scared of death. And and I talk about this a lot in the book, you know, we, yeah, people will say like, yeah, they passed on or Mm -hmm. they transitioned and true, but they also died. Right. Right. And we're, and so, and again, like with compassion, but look at what happens to you when you hear that, Mm -hmm. like what occurs inside your body. Cause you're, there's something that's being moved around. There's belief systems that are Mm -hmm. saying like, how could she say that? That's wrong. That's Mm -hmm. bad. That's, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, for me, that was really like the representation of like, oh, this is really, this is really what's going on because I, I met myself in a way that I have never met myself and I've changed. Like I'm very different to who I was seven, eight months ago. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a much stronger more lethal, more true, more honest, Mm -hmm. um, version of myself, because I've pulled, cleared out some of those layers that I put on as a little girl, because I was scared of the shit that I was present with. So I Mm -hmm. tried to be a good girl and pretend that that stuff wasn't all there. Right. Mm -hmm. So that to me is like what's happening in our world. But the thing is that we have to, we have to, um, like I said, I wrote in my book, like Ollie, welcomed the vet into our house who would kill him like mm-hmm. he welcomed her he's like come on in like hi hi, hi. Mm-hmm. we need to do that with this stuff we need to um you know acknowledge it we need to confront it we we need to be okay with the fact that the truths that are occurring in our world are are heavy and hard and painful mm-hmm. and that they create something in our bodies that we're uncomfortable with um, my rune teacher says like we need to start acting like we have teeth and stop mm-hmm. acting like we have baby teeth, mm, you know? Love that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what's happening. Like we're st- like with the censoring or, you know, 
being mad at people for saying certain, certain things and other people saying certain things. It's just like, we're just constantly pushing. We're doing exactly what I did my whole high school, <laughs> like mm-hmm. just running away, pretending like it's not happening um, and pretending like we can't, we can't be with it. Um, you know, and so that to me is really the imbalance right now. And that, and, and it's connected to the darkness because it's, for me, it's because we don't have a relationship with darkness. So when mm-hmm. darkness comes to our door, we all flatline and run away. Mm. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's so true. And, um, it's interesting because when a lot of this started going down, I had the hit that, it's like, well, everything needs to be destroyed in order for us to rebuild. Like everything yeah. needs to be destroyed. And so this whole time I've had this, um, I mean, everyone listening knows where I stand on everything. Cause you probably <laughs> follow me online, but, um, you know, I, this whole time I've, I've, it's like, I'm not trying to stop what's coming because I believe it needs to happen yeah. in order for us to rebuild, right. um, and rebuild better. It just, it needs to happen. It's, you know, like the Kalima energy or the Shakti energy. Like it just, we need to burn everything down. Shit isn't working. And we've been avoiding looking at that. And there's so many truths that we've been avoiding looking at. And even now when it's placed in front of someone's face, like they avoid looking at it because it is so dark. Mm -hmm. It feels so dense. They don't want to go in there. Um, And that's like the space that I've been playing in. And it's even just completely impacted my work. And, you know, so much of my work is going to be shifting in the next, you know, six months or so. It's almost like, I feel like I am spiritually prepping to hold space for a lot of that energy um, of people coming face to face with the darkness or coming into the darkness Um, But I love it when you say befriending the darkness, because I think that's so important. It's not like, I mean, I know even in storybooks, like people would word it like you've been engulfed by good darkness. Like that's so, that's scary. Yeah. Like who makes engulfed by something like, no, befriend the darkness, just like you befriend the light um, and know that there's so much for you to uncover in that space. Um, Mm -hmm. How like for everyone listening, cause, um, now they're probably like, okay, I get it. So shadow work is like a stepping stone. Okay. I think I'm ready to befriend the dark. How can I go about starting this? Are there any like practices or rituals um, yeah. that you could offer? I always say, um, start with building a relationship with nighttime because that's where it begins for all of us. Right. Like it, when we all have experienced nighttime every 12 hours, every 24 hours since we were born. And it's a direct manifestation of darkness. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, great. This is where we can begin. So um, I, I, I say like, you know, begin. So first thing, start just paying attention to your internal dialogue around all things dark. Mm-hmm. Just like pay attention to your language pay attention to the language outside of you. The best game is just to like watch the news and see how often they put darkness with something that's bad or negative. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you can just get wasted <laughs> playing that game, yeah. you know, or really high on mushroom tea. So um, just pay attention to what's, what's going on around you and how darkness is paired with something that's negative or less than. Mm-hmm. Um, but also begin to build a relationship with nighttime. So when the sun sets, 
see the night rise and, and connect to nighttime. Like what does nighttime bring with it? What has, where did nighttime just go? Where did night go as sun rose, you know, and like begin to have that relationship of curiosity with nighttime rather than just kind of like, Oh, it's nighttime. Like, you know, our very sort of unconscious behavioral patterns that we have Mm -hmm. with this consistent movement of, um, of, um, energy. So, yeah. So don't turn your lights on immediately when night rises, leave your lights off for a little bit, maybe do, you know, do some, do, um, some sort of whatever your rituals are, like do them in the dark without turning lights on. Don't put candles on. Mm -hmm. Try to wake up first thing, try to wake up in the morning before the sun rises and engage with night before she leaves. Ask her, like, Mm -hmm. what do I need to know from our time together over these past 12 hours? Do you have any information for me? Do you have any wisdom, you know, um, before, because yeah, just like creating that relationship and also pay attention to how you tend to focus on the moments that sun sets and sun rises rather than night rising and night, night descending, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. um, that's just like a very tangible, easy, sort of relatable way to begin. Because I think that, and everyone's different, like for people like me, go for it, like go to a place that's, you know, like go to your ranch version in your life or go to Peru, the Amazon forest, like Ruby Mm -hmm. does and immerse, immerse in that, in that space and, and see what comes forward. Like I'm kind of intense. I like to do things like all or nothing. And so (laughs) me too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if you're like that, go for it. Like I honestly, from when you were talking about Peru, I'm like, Oh, that sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. Cause what happens when you create that relationship with that essence, then your fear your relationship to fear is completely different, mm-hmm. right? And for me, in, and I co- connect this in the book, like my relationship with darkness was very connected to safety as well. Mm-hmm. And I never felt safe. Right. As I've become more intimate with darkness, I don't have the same stuff that with safety that I used to have. And I really do see my, myself as my own source of safety. Mm-hmm. I'm human. I'm sure there's still aspects that are always there, but I used to be on high alert around safety all the time, especially mm-hmm. as a woman growing up in Malaysia. So um, there's so much richness in, in the dark. And so, you know, if you find yourself like walk it at nighttime walking or something, just instead of immediately being like, Oh my God, am I safe? Like I need to quickly run home or grab my keys or get my pepper spray or mm-hmm. what have you. Maybe just like, spend a minute breathing into your body and saying like, I'm safe here. Mm-hmm. I don't have, there's nothing to be afraid of, you know? Cause again, just like what I was saying about we've tagged evil onto darkness. Like we've tagged um, danger onto mm-hmm. darkness too. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the thing that I, I say is like, shit happens in the light too, man. Yeah. Like- shit happens in the light. You can, <laughs> entities can attach to you in the light. You know, people get robbed in the light, in the light like murdered in the light. Things, yeah. Scary yeah. shit happens in the light. And I love that you brought it to the safety because when I went to Peru, one of my intentions when I went there was to cultivate that sense of safety within myself, to not Ooh. depend on others like my partner. Um, and what I ended up cultivating was self-trust. Right. And, I, you know, I remember vividly like walking from my hut to the Maloka, which is the ceremony hut. And yeah. I would have to walk through the dirt. And sometimes it was like three inches of water and mud. 
and then get on this platform and walk that platform. But like, you can't see in the dark. Right. And so I had to learn really quick, like really quick to trust myself. Otherwise I would just be frozen in fear, like paralyzed by fear. I had to learn to trust myself to take that next step and figure out if there's a platform there for me to step on, or if there's ground for me to step on. And that practice taught me that, you know, it's not about fearing what the darkness holds so much as it is about trusting yourself and your ability to be Mm -hmm. in that darkness. Yeah. Um, and that's really what it comes down to. Like if we only trust ourselves in the light, then we don't trust ourselves at all. Yeah. And that's the imbalance. Yeah. And, and we all are, we do all have psychic senses. So Mm -hmm. we do all have the ability. Thank you. A hundred percent. Like when people are like, it's, Oh, just some people have it. So I'm like, or some people are like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm intuitive. Like everyone's intuitive. Everyone is intuitive. It's just like everyone push those gifts down. Yeah. Yeah. We I mean, everyone, can, everyone can, my mom's, my mom's a choir teacher. So I learned this really young. Everyone can sing. Yeah. Not everyone's Mariah Carey. Right. But everyone can sing. Yeah. We all have these senses, you know, it's like, that's part of, I'm going to say like religion as well, because mm-hmm. it's like having these senses and psychic stuff was seen as evil and bad. And so everyone, right. you know, but it's like, yeah, of course you you can actually see in the dark. It mm-hmm. just requires a different sense that you haven't worked with. Exactly. That you haven't given yourself the opportunity to work with. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's all. Wow. We can like chat forever. I know. This is why we're friends. I know. <laughs> we just have to have like darkness jams every, yeah. every month or something. Um, I was going to say before we, before we end this podcast, there's also, uh, have you ever heard of, um, I'm forgetting what they call it now, but it's like a dark, dark ceremony where, um, there's a woman who does this. Aubrey Marcus did this and he mm. recorded an episode on this. I don't know, like a year, a year and a half ago, um, where this woman has created this space, um, where you'll go in and it's pitch black. Okay. It's pitch black. So you have a bed, you have a bathroom, but everything is pitch black. You cannot see anything. You can't see your hand in front of your face. And then she'll serve you food through like this little thing. And then there's no light penetration at all. And then you're in there for like five days at a time. Um, that's amazing. Right. (laughs) Um, I'll see if I can find that episode that Aubrey did, because it was really, really interesting and I'll link it in the show notes. But so there is stuff like that. And I mentioned Mm. that only because like, it's just so interesting to create an actual ceremony, like uh, around that, you know, um, because there is so much to learn. So, mm-hmm. well, and we all do, a lot of us do our spiritual rituals in the dark. Oh my God. I prefer waking up early before the sun rises to yeah. do breath work and prayer. It, there's yeah. just something to me, it is the most beautiful energy. Like it's it almost is. like when the sun's up, I'm like, ah, like it's too stimulating. No. Yeah. yeah. Whereas it like in the dark, I'm able to connect with my spirit guides. I'm able to connect with spirit, the spirit world. I'm able yeah. to connect deeper with myself yeah. than I am in the light. Absolutely. And so even I like mean, for, I think that too, like for people listening, if you're used to doing meditation or breath work in the light, try it in the dark, try it yeah. after the sun goes down or before the sun rises. Yeah. And pay attention to the cadence of, of darkness. Cause it's, 
it's different and all and our ancestor work is all in the dark as well because mm -hmm. our ancestors are dead and so they live in the dark mm -hmm. right yeah. so it's just like it's a good place to go guys yeah. I promise. Yeah. <laughs> it is and if you want to learn more about um, the darkness. I highly, highly recommend uh, grabbing Chloe's new book, Revealed by Darkness. Um, the link for that will be in the show notes, but I will say this. I'm At the time of recording this, I haven't finished reading the book, but I will say um, that it is one of the most exceptionally written like things that I've ever read in my life, her storytelling abilities out of this world. And I think that's why it's taking me a long time to read it because I'm just like, this is so good. Um, so if you're looking for uh, a book that is not only going to support you in cultivating a relationship with the darkness, but also a book that's going to capture you in some pretty compelling storytelling, then highly recommend this book. Um, yeah. And celebrating you and just this achievement. We delivered our book babies together. I know. Which is really exciting. It. it is. <laughs> we would have thought. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. um, and then you Chloe, too. Thank you. Yeah. And where can people connect with you online if they want to get more of you? Yes, for sure. So my website's channeledbychloe.com. Instagram's channeled by Chloe. So just Fine channel by Chloe. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll, I'll have those links in the show notes. I think it's also chloeelgar.com, but yeah, channel by Chloe. Well, I will have those, uh, all those links in the show notes. Be sure to um, follow Chloe online and hit her up, hit us both up and just like tag us in your posts and let us know what your biggest takeaway was from this episode. Um, Chloe, thank you so much for being thank you, here. Ruby. I just deeply I honor, honor you. And I love our conversations and I feel like we could, we could like literally <laughs> probably record a five hour episode if we wanted to. We could, we, maybe we should at some point, <laughs> yeah, at some point, but, yeah. it's coming. Hey, listeners, if you want that, let us yeah, know. <laughs> let us know. We can go, we can go deeper. There's always deeper. Yeah. And I love that you, you know, like the shadow piece, like that's no one else has brought, has mentioned it in that way. So that's why I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> she gets it. <laughs> um, so thank you so much. I thank you. And to all of our listeners, thank you so much for joining me and Chloe for another episode of potent truth, where we are taking you on a journey to challenge illusion and lead with sovereignty. Don't forget to grab a copy of Chloe's book. And while you're at it, feel free to grab a copy of my book. I was going to say <laughs> the links for that will be in show notes. Be sure to download a few episodes and drop a rating and review on iTunes and make sure you connect with us on social media. And I will see you back here on Monday for a brand new episode of Potent Truth. Aho!